0: I am
1: you sound like an old man.
0: <laughs> sorry, that, that, one's, that one's for you, Randall. If I didn't sound old enough yet, yeah, well, there you go. No, I, I didn't take it personal. I thought that was the funniest thing. We have a listener. I'm sorry. Introduce yourself, Matt. Oh, I'm Matthew Walker. <laughs> okay. We have a listener uh, whose name is Randall who knows Matthew, and he sent us a nice email. And he made note of, uh, my old man voice. <laughs> and I just, it was actually the funniest thing in the email, but that one's for you, Randall. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, for this week, actually, Randall has a, a part to play. Yeah. You picked the topic this week. And I did. Give us the topic inception here. Well, okay. It's about
1: relationships, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh I told you that you need the notes. I I do need the notes cuz you usually lead me. But uh so
0: you tell us. Okay. All uh, right, the message we just heard on Sunday this past Sunday uh Yeah. we had a guest speaker from uh what church in Texas? Gateway. Yeah, Gateway Church. And he Apparently had a,
1: the only church in Dallas. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead.
0: There's uh mm-hmm. there was part of the message that was about uh Partnership, you know, friendship, and, and and what real relationships look like, and uh, and that's something that Matthew deals with consider- considerably with his uh, ministry, and uh, I guess also Randall's email kind of inspired you to to want to do yeah, this, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How uh, how did that come about?
1: Well, like, because uh, I mentor <clears throat> a lot of parents whose kids struggle. With their sexuality. And so, uh, you know, I talked to Randall and his wife, and, you know, like, I've always struggled with men in the church. I've always struggled with men who are big or strong or confident or whatever, and I've always felt less than, Mm -hmm. um, or always judge myself according to, like, some, you know, American scale of masculinity, I guess. So... Um, the conversation between Randall and his wife, you know, it would always go well, but I th- I think sometimes when I talk to some of these guys, uh, they don't always let themselves go three dimensional. Um, so one of the things I do is I talk to the mom and mm-hmm. then I talk to the dad and get their backstory. Uh and Randall he's a firefighter, so mm-hmm. he was they live in Texas and so he was kinda whole up waiting for um, responses to Harvey, you know, and that was his job to kind of keep his family safe and then hole up and, and wait for responses, and so while he was waiting for responses, he sent me an email and he said he was binge-watching our or binge-listening our podcast mm-hmm. uh, and probably, I, I've got his letter here in front of me, I won't read everything um, he, he I have per- his permission to share um, but some of the one of the things that he wrote, uh, I'll get to that in a minute. But but let's see, um, what did he say? <laughs> oh, what his main statement that kind of like hinged the whole email on mm-hmm. it. He says, "I'm not sure why I'm sharing all this, but only for you to understand me better." And gosh, that that statement is a statement I've been wanting churchmen to say to me for years because mm-hmm. I don't understand them. You know, and and sometimes when you don't understand people you develop your own preconceived notions about them and it's right. not always uh it's not always a relationship builder sometimes it's a relationship killer and so
0: well you've uh, you've kind of i don't know maybe we're jumping the gun a little bit but yeah. also when you've asked for help not just with your ministry but for the dudes in the church the men yeah. to step up it's always you know you get one or two <laughs> Well, if and that, then all you know. the
1: ladies will show up, which right. is, I, I love it when the ladies show up, but like, you know, this this struggle, uh, you know, same-sex attraction needs to, we need to have men in the church, we need to have men in our lives that are good, healthy relationships, because without those healthy relationships, there's a draw towards unhealthy, illegitimate relationships, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so, uh, so this email, I think one of the things that you said, um uh, he says, I agree with your... Uh, we talked about fear in one of our podcasts. Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah. he said, I agree with your fear of dying. It's the method, not the destination, that scares me. Mostly, uh, if pain will be involved. And then he said, over the past 15 years as a firefighter, um, I've worked with 14 guys that came to work and never went home. Um, and he, he said, we call them laud, which means line of duty deaths. Mm-hmm. One in particular... Uh, I was first and foremost on the scene. It's a helpless feeling when things occur in real time and you can't do anything about it. Um, Hundreds of situations have occurred when I was prepared and made a difference, even when odds were stacked against the favorable favorable outcome. When something happens to someone, I feel uh, a person goes through a range of feelings. Sympathy for some, empathy for others, and relief for yourself. Selfish indeed, although they face a life-changing ordeal, I feel relief it's it's happening to them and not for me or my family. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole thing about... And and then the last thing, one of the things he wrote, he's a dad of two kids, two boys, and he says, I prepare my boys from an early age to embrace fear, not to be ashamed of it, but to use it for good. That's the theme of numerous conversations I've had with them over the years. Anytime they (coughs) ask me if I was scared during any situation i tell them the truth scared or not and I hope that's a good example mm-hmm. and so like just to have you know this guy who's willing to go out and save lives but also delve into the vulnerable and also represent the true like spectrum of emotions to his kids mm-hmm. you know um, and this guy is like 100% you know red blooded American male and So it's just like that email meant so much to me Um, because even though I'm doing a job mentoring these parents, Mm -hmm. like there's certain things in me that get healed as you establish relationships, you know. And I have a call that I make tonight at 6 o'clock to another set of parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And to see these these dads be open and honest about where they're at, and it just makes me want to be more involved in, in relationships with real people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I talked to a dad this week, and he's like, men's group to me should be men sharing, not talking about football. You know, and, and <laughs> when when I go to a men's group and they say, let me talk to you like a coach for a second. And I was like, oh, you're going to stick me in the corner and tell me I suck at this game? Is that yeah. what you're going to do? I'm like, I don't get it. Right. So um, I, I just said, and, and real quick, like I responded back to – Randall, and I said, I don't know why you shared much, so much either, but I can tell you this. It was like water in the desert to my soul. I'm not, I'm not sad or depressed or not doing well. It's just nice to hear about a connection made through ministry. Um, I always struggle with wondering if I'm built for ministry to people other than gays and ex-gays. God always surprises me when I live openly and honestly. It may sound silly, but your email and comments make me feel like a real man. Hmm. So, and I, you know, I won't read you all of it, but that's like I really wanted to talk about relationship and how this podcast is not about my ministry, mm-hmm. but everybody can stay in relationship. You know,
0: right? And and that's why when you when you sent me the that you wanted to try to talk about this, but you know, I knew that it was more so geared to. Male to male relationships, yeah, and and going deeper and actually, you know, developing true friendships and true partnerships. Right. I'm all for that too, but yeah, we're gonna try to keep it, or I'm trying to keep the questions so that it's applicable to, you know, females to females or whatever. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's it's difficult enough to find the connection between people and somebody to walk through this life with. So yeah, we'll we'll try to keep it. Keep it as a, I guess, unisex as possible. But yeah, it, it was a, it was a nice touch. Like a
1: Target <laughs> bathroom. <laughs> oh God. Just kidding. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. All, right. all right. Uh <laughs> Yes. What, what was I all right, I'm all. Now you just threw me. Off. Sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault. Randall, thank you for sharing your heart, and thank yeah. you to Al and all the people who've written. It's it's your kind words and uh, and building us up has oh, yeah. been very highly appreciated.
1: I read all of Al's comments. Yeah, and they're they they definitely help me think. And I'm glad he's listening. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll we'll start it just like we normally do, question and answer style. For the first one, I got for you, what is the oddest or funniest way you made a friend?
1: Uh, one of the one of the churches I spoke at mm-hmm. and shared my testimony, the pastor's wife rear-ended somebody like totally like drove her car into their car and she had my testimony fresh on her mind and Mm -hmm. while they were waiting on the tow truck because it was on a back road in Oklahoma while they were waiting on the tow truck she shared my story with the driver and the driver said hey hold on a minute (laughs) and he went and got the kid that was in the car and the kid was like needing to hear my story Mm -hmm. so and that's not the first car wreck you know Uh, car wreck ministry that have happened. You know, I Mm -hmm. wrecked my car once on I-4 and I had to drive through the gate at my apartment and met a kid there Mm -hmm. because I didn't have my apartment card key. So I had to go through the gate, have security let me in. And so God helps me meet people through car wrecks. Um, You know, (laughs) Well, um,
0: that's not the most opportune way, I guess. (laughs) But, you know, it works. Uh, I asked that question because I was thinking back on my relationships. And I've got a few that... um, were important to me I mean they're all important to me but the ones that you know you really connected to the people you still call or you still check up on or when you're praying you just remember them and you just throw out another extra prayer for them yeah and uh, a lot of those friendships were developed in odd ways you know either you just met here or met there and it's like oh you know you're in line or whatever but I really liked exploring childhood Okay, and uh, and how I made friends back back in the day because I wasn't an awkward kid, but you know I was I was more uh, I would use humor as a way to befriend
1: other kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: well, at one point in Puerto Rico, we moved from the city to the rural side. Okay. And uh, it was kind of a big change for us, for my brother and me. And uh, I think I had just started either fifth or sixth grade. No, fifth grade. Sorry. And. My brother was in first, and there was one dude, uh, his name was Wait, what? Inardo, Enardo. What's what? Enardo, E N A R D O? Okay. But he, uh, from the minute I, I, I met the guy, or I didn't even meet him, I just, he just struck me as a smartass, and I couldn't stand yeah. him, because <laughs> he was funny, but he was like, um, it was like a level of sarcasm that yeah. is annoying, Yeah, and he was also, I think, a great younger than I was, but... He didn't, you know, new guy at school, so you gotta test the waters, just try to pick on. Mm-hmm. But you know, we, I, I got along with a couple of the people there, but he was one that we never became friends until later. And on one particular day, it was just a bad, bad day. Um, we would buy pizza; they give us a dollar, buy a slice of pizza. We're gonna bring pizza to the school, whatever. Yeah, and my mom gave each of us, you know, my brother and I, a dollar to buy a slice of pizza. So. My brother loses his dollar, comes running to me, and, and says, ah, I lost my dollar. So I gave him my dollar. And it's like, all right, well, I'll go without the pizza. And then he lost the dollar again. At the, oh, my uh, gosh.
1: You yeah. don't eat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's just crying. And i just told him, you know, get to class because you're already late. Because it was already late in the, in the lunch. And I was already late. Yeah. And I, as I'm upset because I didn't eat, <laughs> my brother's already, you know, like crying and going to the first grade class. And out of those behind me, he's like poking me, poking me. Hey, you're gonna be late. You're gonna be late. You're gonna be late. You're gonna be late. Hey, can you hear me? You know, you know the the picture of that little dog in the cartoons. That's what he was like. Hey, Spike, Spike. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'd had enough at that point, so I remember just turning around, and I had kind of like blacked out. (laughs) So (laughs) i puts him in the gut. (laughs) He went down. I need him in the face. I knocked him in the face again. I whooped his ass, to put it plainly. <laughs> and there was the, uh, the teacher on the corner. He's like, "Hi," hey! <laughs> And I just, I fell back into place like, oh, what did I just do? <laughs> he's like, get your butts to class! And, yeah, like, and sh- I was just, he's doubled over like, oh, oh. <sighs> because <man." laughs> that sucker punched him in the stomach. But I went to class and I remember feeling really bad about it. Last period we were free and I saw him around the office and I really thought I was going to get in trouble but yeah. you know nobody came out to kind of stop the fight or anything so I came over and I was like hey man I'm sorry he's like oh man you know screw you I don't want to talk to you. you know he just he was still kind of holding his stomach and I'm like I, look man you know I'm sorry I punched you but this was your fault you know you, you were bugging me and I'm just having a bad day and, uh, and I said can we just shake hands and you know walk away from this and he's like yeah yeah alright so we shook hands and I remember we just after that the next day, like we talked, and our friendship kind of developed from that. Because uh-huh. he's afraid of
1: you. No, 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 that wasn't a fear thing. You know,
0: I didn't look. Don't I wasn't. Me up. I was by no means a bully. I didn't go around yeah. fighting kids. I did. Have, I did go through a couple of fights growing up, but right. that one was the most one sided there was. But uh, uh. yeah, we just became friends after that, and I, I could, you know, that's one of those things I. It's not that I miss, but I look back on uh, students now, and everybody's just kind of scared to get into a scrap, and you know, rightfully so at times. But right, you know, there's there's no chance of that happening nowadays. Getting into a scrap? I'll get into a scrap and then shaking hands or walking oh, yeah. and walking away and friends, you know. Yeah. It just and I kind of miss that. I'm not saying you know I want people to fight, but you know, why can't we work our differences out and all of a sudden you know. Make muffins out of an ugly situation. Right. You know, that's an I'm still
1: trying to invent a block feature for real life, like <laughs> they have on Facebook. A block? Yeah, if I block you, I don't see you at the grocery store. You know,
0: stuff huh? like that. There might be an app for that. But you just hold up the phone to your face. <laughs> All right. Do you have a lot of male friends, or did you have a lot of male friends back in the day? And these days, you just have one or two close ones, or vice versa?
1: i did not i no i had one or two that were close but i was so lonely and wanted to be popular or connected that uh my cousin my cousin at one point was my same age and he said if you're not friends with this kid you'll have more friends and so i dropped that kid like a hot rock because i wanted friends Mm -hmm. and i remember we'd always used to fight me and my best friend and uh so, no, I was close mostly to the girls, and I was close. I didn't play sports. I ran track until it got hard, and then I would quit, <laughs> uh, and I would try out for basketball till it got hard, and then I would quit. I don't think I ever made it to a game <laughs> um, but yeah, I was mostly close with with girls and girl cousins and afraid of the boys, you know <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i uh I, I don't know I think I've mentioned this before, but I went to 13 different schools. <clears throat> between yeah. you know kindergarten all the way to senior year wow uh so i learned how to make friends quick because in some places Kids might be gone <laughs> yeah so yeah. uh yeah and I, I i connected both with the guys and the girls so i i you know i i was never at a at a at a loss for friends but right i was always more of a one or two close friends Yeah. back then yeah and then as I've grown older that kind of has translated to stay the same yeah except I've become even more seclude or reclusive so I have even you know not even one or two close friends well I mean you know right I've grown into that so I've got a few close friends now but for a while there yeah I was just I have acquaintances Lone Ranger but yeah just going going yeah Rambo style on on things um
1: well, that's not going to make friends.
0: No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I I was going to ask w- what happened to change all that.
1: Oh, for me? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not that I didn't want friends. It's just I was, you know, I was either rejected or teased or f- afraid. And I think what happens is, is that because I went through 10 years of uh, if I didn't think I could be friends with boys, like I kind of that was one thing that played into my gay life is that. I had male friends mm-hmm. and I had male you know companions and dates but the it wasn't like true friendship it was dating and dating never ended well you know especially if sex was involved and uh and I was conflicted in my religion and conflicted in my sexual desires and all that and so I think at the at the end of all of that you know at the t- at the 10 year mark when i walked out of homosexuality i i just got rid of everybody and went home and kind of figured out what i wanted to do mm-hmm. once and for all and <clears throat> after that here's what changed like i didn't when i when i established friendships with guys i tried to see myself as equal to them rather than them being you know better than me or straight mm-hmm. or whatever you know and so i think having a little confidence in And not throwing it all away for a bunch of friends, but Mm -hmm. investing for one or two close friends, Mm -hmm. you know. And somebody told me the other day that we're having a Labor Day thing here at the house. And somebody's like, well, who are you inviting? And I'm like, well, you know, just a few people. And they said, you know, everybody. (laughs) And I'm like, but that's it. it, It's like not everybody knows me well. Like I'm friendly to a lot of people but there's only a few people that i would sit down and tell them the truth about their life and let them tell the truth to me mm-hmm. you know so i think trust you know i finally begin to trust people not mistrust them and i finally begin to realize that i'm not a bad person or i'm not you know unworthy of mm-hmm. friendships
0: yeah oh that's yeah that's good i uh i think the reason why i became more uh Reclusive or yeah. guarded with, you know, getting into deeper friendships was, I'd gotten used to losing people, you know, just back in the day. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a small island, so it's not like you're miles and miles and miles and miles, hundreds of miles away. But you you for the most part, you didn't see any of these people again, and right. some of them were important to me. But uh, I got used to operating with family as as a support group that was my only support group i could get along fine by myself otherwise
1: yeah and i didn't i didn't connect with much of my family at all there's only one or two that i've connected with mm-hmm. well you know uh, not a, i don't understand them they don't understand me you know and it's i don't guess it's anybody's fault you know but i choose to be around people that understand me the ones i hold close right. you know
0: but that well anyway th- this is still good because we're yeah our positions are kind of almost really opposites at this point so we get to kind of see both sides of the, right. of the coin in a sense but yeah uh, is there <clears throat> a particular moment or ongoing challenge that you went through that oh whoops.
1: I think you skipped ahead. Yes,
0: I did. I'm sorry. Good gracious. I, There's an
1: order to things,
0: Lewis. I know, but the phone closed. <coughs> with the windows yeah, Sorry. Bad production. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say sets apart a deep friendship from a shallow one?
1: Money. <laughs> <laughs> send, it, send in your cash, and I will send you emails. I will show up for your birthday if you live within a 20-mile radius of the house. Um, let's see. A deep friendship from a shallow one. Um well it's I, like I told one of my friends the other night, and I'm not gonna say their name, but it's mm-hmm. like I told him I said every time you show up, it's like you're taking a deposit out of the bank rather than sitting in the lobby and talking with the banker, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I said it's just if we're gonna have a friendship we're gonna we're gonna do give and take, and now it's gonna be fifty fifty, but mm-hmm. every time you show up, like my my walls go up because I know you're just here to take. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and and but it's awkward for people who are takers to then learn how to give. So I got a series of awkward text messages. I got a series of checking, "Did you wake up this morning?" You know, and it's like, "You need to work on your method. Right. But thank you for checking that I am still alive." You know? But it was they're definitely making an effort. Mm-hmm. And so I think the difference between a deep and a shallow one is somebody who's willing to make the effort to go deep rather than identifying the fact that, well, this is how I am in relationships, so mm-hmm. if you don't like it I'm gone um in deep, deep relationships I have kept I have kept the text message or the the voice recordings of when my mom died and who called me after mm-hmm. um and it, there's only like three of them, you know, and so those people are the ones that and some people are like, well, you know we like to stay away during times like that because we want you to have your time, but it's like the people who did call, mm-hmm. and it's not like I have. 800 friends, so it's not like they were fighting to get through. But the people who did call, I saved those messages. Um, And then I had one guy that called that he, this is the best call. It might have been the hard call for somebody. Mm -hmm. But he said, have your moment of grieving, but don't let this get you. Don't let this take away from your ministry. And, you know, some people would be like, well, have some compassion. But that to me was the, the, that's a deep friendship Mm -hmm. where he could, Maybe take a little money out of the bank, but in the long run, he gets a bigger deposit because that's what I needed to hear. I didn't need to grieve for the next six years over my mom's death. I needed to have a moment of grieving uh, and, and and really mourn the loss, but then move on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's my thought.
0: No, that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong about that. The uh, You know, we're just sharing opinions, really, at the end of the day, but... Um, by our personal experiences of course but shallow and, and deep friendships um I've got a lot of acquaintances yeah even now yeah as far as friends sure there's a lot of people I would call friends but the division is kind of hard for me to make because I can think I can count it about I don't need a full hand about four or five less than that people dudes that I would call or or hang out with right and and really kind of talk life with, yeah, that doesn't mean I wouldn't do that for anybody else, but there's a level of comfort that I seek and and that may make me shallow at the end of the day, but like okay. You know, but
1: but but here's the deal. When you have a level of comfort, your heart is open to give and receive. Right. So I don't think that's shallow. But in my not, opinion. No 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 yeah, no. Yeah. That's
0: fine. It's just I feel like I'm a I can be a bit um unwittingly unfair about it. You know, it jaded. Yeah. I believe not, they call it. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to call it that, sure. Like all right. If I had to among the closest people that I I am to right now, mm-hmm. It's like you, Dominic, and I don't talk to Manny very much, but my buddy Manny down in Peru. Yeah. And that's about it. You know, and and the reason for that is a lot my fault. Because I'm willing to... I guess I am kind of a shallow friend at times. I'm willing to do anything for anybody, but that doesn't mean I'm willing to facilitate or make the time to go and sit down uh okay now the why not what, what if
1: I, what if you needed that
0: i probably do and and i you know i started actually um meeting up with somebody from the church somebody who i share a whole bunch of uh uh you know interest with yep you know, and you know we may actually make a working relationship out of it okay and I always made the assumption that we, sure, we. I knew that we both enjoyed the same stuff, but he's a tiny bit older, not much, but I, I always made the assumption that, uh, not that I wasn't liked, but, uh, you know, we never, wouldn't fully having the knowledge that, okay, hey, you like Spider-Man, I like Spider-Man, sure. Yeah. Well, why, why, why didn't we actually make the effort to approach each other? So, I'm, I always make the assumption that you don't want to, you don't want to approach me, and I don't, you don't want me to approach you either, I guess. I have
1: that same thing, and I I think I have it for different reasons than mm-hmm. you, but it's the same behavioral thing. Right. You know?
0: So I, I guess that's really the difference between shallow and deeper friendships <clears throat> is the willingness to actually sit down and talk. You know, you can call me and, yeah, you know, my, pop, my tire popped, and, oh, yeah, that's not a problem. I'll go show up. But, oh, you know, can uh, you make time to go sit down and, and grab coffee or something. And I'll probably make the time, but sometimes I'm not going to be as excited about it. Because if it's just a talk, I don't... What, do you want to cuddle? No, 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 no. That's not it. It's just...
1: <laughs> no, but like, okay, so... But I, I think about... This kind of goes head-to-head with who I know you to be. Mm-hmm. You would go out of your way to help anybody. You know, and like... it. I don't think it's shallow... To think what you thought, mm-hmm. it's more of like a self-image, self-condemnation, or not thinking you're worthy. Or oh you yeah, know. I'm sure
0: that plays a part. in it. Yeah,
1: so I don't. I think that's more of a there's pride. Pride goes negative and positive. Right. Pride says I'm too good for you. Pride also says I'm not good enough for you. Right. You know, and and so, um, and the the negative pride takes a little more explanation. But it's like I don't think it's shallow as much as it is, like like a character flaw or or like something you could work on lower you know shallow says I don't want to do it I don't want to make time for it and you don't matter right but you're yeah I, I yeah anyway I don't know off track but no, I, don't, no, that's, I don't see you as shallow
0: um yeah. that's okay well thank you no I just Now you do sound like an old man but <laughs> I can't help that yeah no I'm kidding um no, I was thinking of something specific to bring up. And, okay. Uh like Bring it up. You have a pretty close relationship to uh Pastor Ed. Yes. I would say that you guys get along pretty well. You you guys talk all the time. Yeah. I know Pastor Ed, I've known him for about as long as you have. Yeah. And I the deepest conversation I probably have with Pastor Ed, and I wouldn't I would say he's my friend. Yeah. But the deepest conversation we ever had was probably six years ago or more. Had yeah. A youth retreat okay because he it was his first time down to come help, and we sat down and we talked about ministry and the kids and whatever, and that was it. Yeah, but my assumption would be if I were to sit down with him because you know he's older and also our interests don't line up, all we're gonna have to talk about is either life or, foot or football, and I don't know a damn thing about football, so yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and, like, for instance, like, I met with a guy from my ministry at the church office today, and um, there's always that place where, like, it's my ministry in the church, and, and so I don't know whether to introduce the people I'm bringing in to the people I meet, or what, because we're just going in to talk, but on the way out, um, Pastor Ed was standing right there, and I introduced this guy to him, and Pastor Ed immediately struck up a conversation about something you mm-hmm. know it happened to be about football <laughs> but he he struck up a conversation with this guy and this right. guy talked back to him but but like with with pastor ed our relationship has not has not revolved around football our relationship right no i know that i know well, that for no, I, sure and i mean cuz this is what i'm saying a challenge to you i'm not making you a challenge on the air but like like our relationship has revolved around we're the only people who show up to move people at garage sales. Okay. I mean, I, and when people are moving, uh, garage sales are on my brain. Um, <laughs> right. When people are moving, Ed shows up and I show up, and mm-hmm. then sometimes Bob Spreaker. Um I keep mentioning people's last names. I don't know if I'm if that's okay or not. Sorry, Bob. Um, well, I so, guess as long
0: as you keep it positive. Yeah, but, uh, at least yeah, there, that but, Bob yeah.
1: Uh <laughs> So, but Ed and I would have that connection, and then uh, I'd go to Bible studies Tuesdays and Thursdays, seven thirty on mm-hmm. Ed's porch. And then there are all these things that I – and and I – there was a point where I was mad at Ed because uh, I, I was just like – I was mad for a good reason, but I actually sat down and talked it out, and he bought me lunch that day, so you can't be too mad at somebody that buys you lunch. Right. But I needed to have that moment of anger at him mm-hmm. and frustration and have him respond with, no, 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 that wasn't the case, not respond with anger back like other churchmen did. Right. But it was almost – it wasn't a test but it kind of was a test, and so over the years, it's developed to the point that there was one time I didn't want to help some people move because I was just tired, and mm-hmm. I saw the email list, and Ed was one of the only ones on there, Ed and, and someone else who I won't name. Right. <laughs> I'm getting better. But I showed up because Ed is a member of my team, mm-hmm. and and I didn't want Ed to have to do it alone, and not that I'm being you know super altruistic or anything, but Ed's my friend, mm-hmm. and like that relationship had built, and even if it hadn't been super strong at that point, I love Ed, and Ed is been a, an integral part of my life and a lot of other people. And so, like, I I tell my guys all the time: if you want to build relationships with men in the church, go serve somewhere because mm-hmm. the men so, the men show up to build things and break things down. Right. The women show up to do stuff indoors and paperwork. You mm-hmm. know, and some of the other guys that like air conditioning. But, um, but that's I, I think the way that. I built my relationship with Ed because I went in to serve. I didn't go in to be served, mm-hmm. but in the process, I got served, you know? Yeah. So, no, that's... Um, I know you are just making an example, but I want people to know you because you're awesome and I don't want you to isolate, so get out of your cave, okay. jerk.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, all right. Look, the point when I had yeah. most uh, invested in other people... Yeah. And, and I I mean, there's no... There's no comparison to it but i can kind of compare it yeah was when we were serving together at uh the youth group yeah and these were people that i you know as i'm reading the bible and it's talking about rebuilding the walls uh of of jerusalem yeah uh, these are the people that i as i'm reading it i picture them as i'm reading it the people standing side to side, side with by me, side building yeah. up the wall or yeah. just being guardmen or being watchmen on the wall, yeah so there's there's a sense of camaraderie there that uh, exists to this day, whether we're close or not, yeah, you know that there's, a, there, there's a sense of pride that wells up when I see someone like Tamanini on a Sunday, yeah,' and it's like yeah, there was a guy that served with me, and i I love him to death, Even yeah. though we're, we may not t- talk more, you know all the time, but yeah
1: yeah well, and and, and, then, and like the other day when we met Zach. Zach Taylor at um I did it again. Um sorry, Zach. <laughs> I just at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Like I hadn't seen that kid in forever, but like he walked in and he gave me that look like oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. and it was like that look of you were in my life. We were in each other's lives. We went through hell together and we did amazing stuff together, but it was just an unspoken the I remember the amazing times we had. Right. And you know, and uh so yeah,
0: yeah there's a respect and a knot that comes with from, serving yeah from the scars
1: you've gotten together and from the triumphs and the victories you've made, so so I
0: guess this is our way of telling you that go serve you know in your church or wherever, but
1: that's the, one of the best ways to make relationships. Yeah. James Quam, I knew nothing about the guy the second mm-hmm. day, the second day I saw him, he was in church one day, and then the next day he was helping, I'd mentioned his last name again, oh my gosh, so um. We were putting papers together for the high school, and mm-hmm. I'm, I didn't know who this guy was. I didn't know his backstory, and James doesn't talk a lot. Uh, he does in the mornings at Bible Studies, 7.30 on Ed's porch. If you want to come, please mm-hmm. call me. But, um, but that was like his first thing was to come serve, and that's how our relationship was built after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. All right. Don't be whiners. Don't get out there whining about not having a relationship when you have every... Available way to make it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the opportunities are there. Yeah,
1: get off your couch, loser. <laughs> Turn off Game of Thrones. <laughs>
0: Just kidding. <laughs> Not really, right? <laughs> All right. Does it seem like men nowadays have a harder time having true friendships? And if so, why?
1: Uh, I yeah, you answer that first.
0: I'll say yes and no. Okay. Well, I, like all things, it's circumstantial, but I... You I sound mean, like a lawyer. Well, I try to see both sides of everything, you know? I, okay. And I can point to situations in, in within our community where there's guys that they meet all the time, they go out, they have their Bible studies, they, you know, they grab a bite to eat or whatever. Yeah. There's community there. And I know that it goes deeper than just, did you watch the last episode or whatever last night? Yeah, yeah but there's there's definitely a disconnect i think compared now compared to back in the day because of the individuality that comes with just being able to close your door and go entertain yourself yeah and yeah. and even even entertainment has become kind of a single player uh experience yeah you know yeah I think that's where where it kind of deteriorates, and all of a sudden...
1: Everything's catered to your needs. Everything is what you need, and mm-hmm. so if it's that way in your private life, it's almost like hard to build relationships with other people, because the behavior is, it's all about me, so when you go into other people's worlds, mm-hmm. and, and it happens, like, the people we treat the worst in the world are servers. We forget they're human, because mm-hmm. we're sitting at a table, and I've, I've been victim of this. You've actually seen me there, but... <laughs> Like we treat them like they're servers, and they're actually humans. Mm-hmm. Just so we know, um, but I think that's why Randall's email was so crazy to me. Because mm-hmm. men don't do that. Not not all men will do that.
0: Um, right. It's few and far between. You know, that, yeah, that'll write an email like that,
1: or, or or reach out, or share something personal from their life. And and I've spent the last seventeen years sharing my deepest, darkest secrets. Not mm-hmm. because I want everybody to think I'm awesome, but because. When you when you share those feelings and emotions, not only do you generate relationships, but you also give hope to others who have hidden their stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, almost said the other word stuff. <laughs> stuff.
0: Well, thank you for <laughs> editing yourself. <laughs> uh, all right.
1: Was that off topic, or was that
0: what? I feel no, like, no.
1: Sometimes I feel like the two old men from the Muppets. <laughs> I'm Mortimer.
0: You just keep bringing the old man. Stuff and you can't walk away from it. All right. It's time to put on... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> is there a particular moment... Now we're actually at the question. Is oh. there a particular moment or ongoing challenge that you went through that would have been harder or impossible without a true friend?
1: Uh, Is there a particular moment?
0: Like the buddy uh, that called yeah. you when you lost your mom or something. I you know. Something yeah. along those lines. The, um,
1: I remember the, the first... There was a, a Christmas that I had I was dating a guy and I wanted to bring him home for Christmas mm-hmm. and the I I had called home we were gonna stay at my grandmother's house and the uh, we we're gonna stay at my grandmother's house mm-hmm. my grandmother was in the hospital so we had full reign of her house but what? she didn't end up going to the hospital she ended up coming home so we didn't have a place to stay mm-hmm. and so when I called home my dad's like don't bother coming home you're not welcome. You know, especially with him, and I was like, okay. So um, my friend Scott in Oklahoma City, I didn't mention his last name. Um, (laughs) My friend Scott gave me a place of refuge until Mm -hmm. my dad actually felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and he said... And we didn't have cell phones or anything. He had Scott's number, and I don't even know how he got his number, but he called me, and he said, please come home. This is the, I, back I was, in the day when
0: you have to do your legwork to try yeah, to find somebody's number. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so my dad said, please come home. I'm sorry I said that. And so now that I'm beyond that life, mm-hmm. that is one of the greatest moments because Scott was there for me, but my dad was also there for me as well. Mm-hmm. and And he... Christians don't often admit that they're wrong and my dad admitted that he was wrong and my dad had never been depressed never been sad never would even ever talk about suicide and he told me he said if you hadn't called if I hadn't reached you Mm -hmm. uh, um, and if I hadn't been able to share with you that you're welcome no matter what because this is your childhood home he said I would have killed myself Mm -hmm. and so I I think that there's been lots of moments and challenges you know uh, over the years but it's like uh, My dad has kind of evolved into that person, whereas before I hated my dad, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I didn't have I love my mom. I hated my dad. um, But my friend Scott, even though we're at two sides of the of the religious, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, spectrum, um, I just found him on Facebook after eight years of not being in his life and Mm -hmm. we reconnected. And he was always my person. He was always my friend. He was despite what was going on in our lives. We got each other. Um, and so even today, you know, I'm, you know, I'm walking away from my old life and he still embraces his old life, but there's, a, there's this connection that transcends all the boundaries, you know. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, True friends are, uh, uh, what's the saying go? A I friend in, d- in need is a friend indeed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's just what people with no money say. <laughs> <laughs> so you can loan them stuff.
0: I I've got a jeez. I've I'm got a whole bear. bunch of people that yeah. uh that I owe a place to. You know, I could share their story because anybody who was willing to extend their hand or just even a kind word was enough to me to earn a place. Yeah. But there was one guy in particular uh when we moved to to the to Florida in 2001, okay? And from Puerto Rico. From Puerto Rico after Puerto being Rico. there for, you know, almost 16 years. Okay. And it was uh, it was a big family move. So my mom, my brother, my sister, me, and my aunt, my cousin, and everybody else was coming. But it was still a new place. And and at that point, I had really gotten kind of sick of the whole transferring schools kind of deal and starting fresh here or starting fresh there. And I remember I actually was kind of, Uh, Depressed during the move, and uh, junior year of high school was getting ready to start, and I happened to be walking through the uh, complex of the apartment where we lived, and just out of nowhere, uh, a a person that I knew, because I wasn't, I wouldn't have even called him a friend, yeah, because we didn't get along. Uh, I spot him like in the parking lot. I said, hey. I know you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, what's going on, man? And we reconnected all of a sudden. It's like, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, we moved. And it's like, wait, we moved too. And we lived in the same kind of complex. Nice. And what's really weird about that is that we actually couldn't stand each other. We were like polar opposites. <clears throat> right. Whereas, and I always make you know fun of this fact, is that I'm the most un-Puerto Rican Puerto Rican there is. <laughs> he was about as... Puerto Rican, a dude as there was. Right. He was very, you know, like he would work out and he was pretty built and he loved, you know, uh, his dirt bike and he loved cars. I hate, I don't hate cars. I love, I actually like cars, but I'm, I don't get excited about a guy pulling up in a, you know, VA Camaro or whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't either.
0: Whatever. And we were, we were just about as polar opposite as we could be. If fact, yeah. one time, because <laughs> he was always cocky, I yeah. met him actually in 10th grade, like right before we moved and he was being kind of a smart ass. Yeah. And in class I told him, "Well, you know, I, you're you're super built and everything, but I got no problem taking you down." And he and he like So you were
1: a bully. No, well, no, he was
0: <laughs> Well, I wasn't trying to be a bully. I was trying to knock him down cuz he right. was just He was being kind of an ass to everybody.
1: Yeah, so you were trying to like uh, bring him down off his li- yeah. ladder.
0: But we we couldn't stand each other after that. And here we are meeting in a parking lot. Yeah. You know, strangers in a strange land type of deal. Yep. And all of a sudden we we connected that that particular year. And it's like we comforted each other through the move. And it's like I have something familiar here. Not just family, but actually a familiar face. And
1: (laughs) No, I like that that whole strangers in a strange land thing is Mm -hmm. that bears some weight, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always say I see when you see people out of context, the his, your history is out of the, out the window. It didn't you know? matter anymore. because yeah. it's like well, yeah.
0: there's something there that can bring me comfort. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, and and strangers in a strange land to me, I had a friend die, and my mom and I were fighting, and I had a friend die at Christmas time, and the strange land for both of us was the de- the death and and sadness and knowing that I didn't have my friend anymore, how long would I have my mom? And mm-hmm. so my mom and I were like, ah, snap out of it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So. <coughs> well. Next question. Right, next question. If the Lord is your best friend and the only one that you'll need in this life, why seek our relationship with others?
1: Mm. Gosh, I should have read these questions before. Um... This one this one was tough for me to even write down because I've been waiting to pat to play my I don't know card so I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> no like uh well here's the way cuz I'm the, I'm the big extreme of that. Mm-hmm. Like I every relationship I had in my gay life like I was looking to them to complete me. I was looking for a father, I was looking for a best friend, I was looking for whatever. And then when I walked out of that mm-hmm. um I didn't see myself as needy and, and needing to be completed anymore. I saw myself as needing a buddy to go along. And that's what I was always looking for is right. a, a companion, a friend, somebody who would would um in my quirkiest ways and all my quirkiest days still love me as a friend, mm-hmm. you know? And um so I think for me Those relationships pulled me away from God because I wasn't looking for God to complete me. But now, having a friend in the battle, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, and having this Christian walk, you need people to be there. You need people to bounce ideas off of who are Christians, who who have, um, you know, a, a biblical view of the world. You need people to, you know, God... God can't help you clean your garage. <laughs> he <laughs> right. can send people to help you clean your garage. Mm-hmm. But but I think I think here's the other thing. Having relationships down here with a father or with an, a mentor or with people who love God teaches us about God mm-hmm. when we may not not everybody hears from God the way that I hear from God, the way that other people do, and, and and I might not be, you know. There are days I might not be hearing from God. I might just be hearing from some positive voice out there inside the back of my head, but I don't believe that. Right. But there are days that when you know because we all go through I don't trust people mm-hmm. one day or I don't trust God the next or I don't and so you oscillate and I think relationships keep you grounded mm-hmm. people can look you right in the eye whereas you can get away with stuff with God even mm-hmm. though you know you're out doing your personal entertainment stuff or whatever and you don't think God is watching and you're just an idiot right because God sees everything but since you don't see him you you don't believe that he's watching but with people people can see your eyes people can see your demeanor and they're like mm-hmm. what's going on and people keep you accountable people keep you lifted up um i think god's the most important relationship but i think it's a hi- there's a hierarchy god's at the top and those other relationships build you up keep you stable keep you grounded mm-hmm. keep you from killing yourself um you know tell you when you're great tell you when you're not so great mm-hmm. uh so that yeah those yeah no
0: i i don't know where that question came from but when, when I was putting them down I felt I wrote it out and I said you know what I think this is a valid question because I believe that if a <laughs> yes Jesus is my friend <laughs> I have a friend in Jesus yes. I have <laughs> a friend in Jesus yeah <laughs> I believe that there's people that go through this life yep. believers or non-believers whoever believes in a higher power yeah that can find sustenance in that relationship. Yes. And they can in a way almost even idolize it. Which is odd cuz you know, how do you idolize you know, your de- your 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 god, you know? But th- you know, that that only kind of applies to extreme cases where you wouldn't be alone. You know, it's uh, it's cast away. You're off on an island, you're all on your own and that's the only thing that you have to support you to keep you sane. Yeah. But we're not on Castaway, you know. We're we're surrounded by another six point nine billion people, you know. And you either become adept at living with them, or you go crazy all off on your own, you know.
1: That always bugs me when you're when I'm in a target and it hits me. <clears throat> it, it's it's gonna sound super simple and make me sound like dumb, but but like you're in a target mm-hmm. and you're five feet away from another human mm-hmm. who has their own story their own history and you just walk by and you move past them to pick up grapes or or something but it's like what would it take for you to have a connection with them what would it take for you to instantaneously be a part of their story right you know and and donald miller talks about i can say his last name because he's famous um (laughs) donald miller talks about a lot about creating your story and your story and writing your story and um you know I think about that like I sell stuff online and I've sold stuff to a lot of Christians I've sold stuff to people um, for a good price and I've been able to meet them and then when I get there I said do you need prayer Mm -hmm. and like uh, the the things that I've sold have allowed me to build relationships and make a connection with people because initially I have something they need Mm -hmm. but finally you know at the end I really have something they need and that's a relationship with Jesus or prayer or connection—just sometimes human connection. We sat and talked with a lady at a jewelry store. Somebody gave me a watch to sell, and I had a, to get a battery. And we talked with the lady at the jewelry store, and I told her the name of my ministry, and she goes, "I've heard of it." And I'm like, "Nope, you—there's no way you have never heard of this." And when I shared it with her, mm-hmm. she shared part of her backstory. Mm-hmm. And so right there, like I've always—I've always said I want a ministry. Um, I want a ministry's uh, icon or symbol that looks like this. And I'm basically drawing a bunch of circles that are intersected with one another. But when I, these, this circle is me and my broken leg. Mm-hmm. When I broke my leg, I saw other people in wheelchairs and with crutches. Mm-hmm. When I walked out of homosexuality, I saw other people who were sexually broken. And my circle began to insect, uh, in, insect. my circle began to intersect others. Mm-hmm. But then there are people that that circle is them. They don't ever go anywhere. They don't ever do anything. They never connect with anybody. And you've got a bunch of these little circles just kind of, we're all like a bunch of bubbles that never intersect. Right. So it always, I don't know what it is, like if it's me wanting friends or if it's me desiring connection or if it's me wanting to proselytize and share God with the masses. But I have those moments where I look around a crowded room and I'm like, I don't know these people and I may never see them again. And that bothers me. Mm Mm-hmm. It sounds silly, but... No, it's... It's just... Yeah.
0: It's not. Because... Uh, <laughs> I used to have a shirt, a red shirt. Mm-hmm. Red polo. Yeah. And I used to always wear, you know, beige pants to work. Sometimes i wear that red shirt. And i yeah. go to Target. <laughs> Some people always assume you work at Target oh, and yeah. you wear that uniform, you know? <laughs> and people will come up to me sometimes and hey do you know where this is and oh, yeah. oh I, I I don't actually work here but if you go to that corner over there you'll probably find them over there and at one point it kind of got I let I let it annoy me yeah you know, or it's like I don't work here sorry and I just get walking you know but I knew where the stuff was at but you weren't about I to don't tell it there yeah why, why why not why don't you connect with a person and actually help them right even if it's just Megan, Megan Valentine used to always say this. Oop! You said her last name. I don't. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> uh, 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 one of the, you know, one of the people who I'm proudest to have known. Yeah. And she used to say, and I think she adopted this actually from her mentor Jeannie. Jeannie Mayo. Uh huh. Which well, was yeah. Uh, about relationships. Yeah. You may not connect with everybody all the time, but the people that you are with currently or at any given moment. Just give them all of you at that particular moment. Even if it's for five seconds, ten minutes, an hour. And that's how you build really good relationships. Not deep relationships, but at the very least, you make a real connection.
1: Right, and you don't know what foundation you're laying for later on. Mm -hmm. I I met my friend Rob every year at the same conference for probably, we probably hung out maybe 45 minutes the entire conference. Mm -hmm. And Every year, 45 minutes, you know, once a year. And then there was some point where he texted me and he said, hey, I'm moving to Orlando. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, let's hang out, whatever. And he ends up getting a job and lives with me for 10 months. And that would have never happened had we not met once a year for 45 minutes. And so it's like – you never know. Like I, I, there was a lady at the airport once. She was just sobbing uncontrollably, and of mm-hmm. course, I was drawn into that. And I was more nosy than anything. But <laughs> then I became a little, you know, concerned. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Lord, how am I, how am I going to talk to this woman?" And literally, I was a seat away from her. I said, "Lord, how am I going to talk to this woman? What do I need to do? How do I need to say it?" And she turns to me and she goes, "Hello." And I was like, uh, to me, uh, in my head, I'm like, "You're such an idiot." You don't need to do anything dramatic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's as simple as turning and saying, Hello, my name is Lewis. My name is Matthew. Mm-hmm. And we had an entire conversation about why she was crying, where she was at. I got to pray with her. She was one of the subjects of one of the pieces of writing that I put in my first book. Um, and she was going to a funeral, and she told me all about the person that, was, that had died. And, but it was that simple... You know, I I think we make connections so big, and, mm-hmm. and and it's like such an ordeal that you know I tell people all the time. Like I'm I'm a little older and I, and I'm like short and a little older, and so women don't find me as creepy anymore. Uh, they don't think I'm going to sketch on them, but I can tell young ladies sometimes when I see them mm-hmm. how beautiful they are, or or you know that they have a great smile, and I, and you know you don't always walk up to a guy and say that because then it is creepy, but. <laughs> right. But you should be able to Mm -hmm. compliment somebody on something. You should be able to brighten their day um, because if they pissed you off, you'd honk at them in traffic. Right. So you might as well write a good comment down as well. But but there are those moments where I I do it because I know that God is calling me to do it at that moment. God's calling me to tell this person, like my neighbor the other day. I told her. I'm like, she works at, at SeaWorld and she's worked there forever, but... I told her, I was like, you're one of the best assets that they have. And what you do for that company is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you know, I wanted to do what she does just because I wanted to be on TV or I wanted to do this. But she's good at it. And so it's not for me to do. This is what I'm doing now, my, my ministry. And right. so I think sometimes being vulnerable enough to open your heart. and Because and, we don't compliment people because we are afraid that they're going to reject us or we're afraid they're going to make it awkward. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sometimes when you say something to somebody, I know I do it sometimes, somebody will pay me a compliment and I'll dismiss it by saying, oh, I like your haircut. Oh, I just got it done yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you start to dismiss it. And and I told a guy this morning, I said, stop ending your sentences with but and end them with a period. Mm-hmm. Commit to doing something and, and receive compliments. Let compliments land. You know, let them land on your heart because... You may not get one tomorrow. But I guarantee you this, if somebody says something bad about you, you not only let it land, you feed it yeah. and you fertilize it. You know? So we we I, I think a lot of what's going on in the world and a lot of what's going on in our relationships, if we would just be a little more positive and I'm not trying to be the PC, you know, everybody just needs smile and bake cookies and stuff like that. Um, but if everybody would just do that golden rule and treat others like they want to be treated, and love others like they want to be loved. Mm-hmm. Then that solves that solves a lot, and it, and it it smooths over triggers that people have. Because sometimes you can say something not knowing somebody's history, and it brings up hurt and wounding. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be careful. God entrusts you with these relationships, and and He asks you to tend them like a garden, because ultimately. It's so that you can testify of His grace and His mercy and His love and His power to change your life. You know, yeah. soapbox done. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I meant to
0: all that. For yeah. the sake of time, uh, just one last question: What will you tell someone to do in order to make a real partnership and also be a good partner? I think I just did. Yeah, yeah, I did it. it. Yeah, and uh, what would you do? Uh, serve. Yeah. Serve with somebody. You know. Yeah join a team or whatever to uh, connect with somebody to have somebody to depend on and to depend on you and and you'll be surprised at how quickly you can latch on to a human being or they can latch on to you too in a good
1: way a you good might way. find something you're good at and, mm-hmm. and everybody needs that everybody has that search for significance you know there are only a few people on the planet who are so into themselves and I think even that might be a facade you know that they think they're great at everything mm-hmm. but when you serve at the church like our church is a set-up and tear-down church, just like the Old Testament, you know. Except we don't move, you know, and there's no cloud, a cloud over the top, and all that stuff. But we, we have lighting. We have, you know, um, people who put words up on the screen. We have people who set up and tear down. And you might find something that you're good at, you know. You mm-hmm. might find something that you didn't know you were you were good at before. You might build a relationship. You might, you know, I I'm sure that people serving together have probably met their their significant other. Oh, yeah. Their their spouse, you know, as they're serving together. Mm-hmm. Um jury duty. Jury duty. Yeah, you know. No,
0: I only bring that up because when I did jury duty, yeah, there was a, a wife who or a lady who had met her husband that when they awesome. served at jury duty. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, that is awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh that, I'm sorry, I just completely sidetracked that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no no no. I you know, I needed to shut up.
0: All right. Well we hope we made you think, as always. Uh if you want to reach uh us, you can reach me at four cslewis That's number four C S at gmail dot com. We're on Facebook dot com slash uh Wolfsheet Pod. Uh Matthew. Yes. Where can they reach Oh, <laughs> I'm
1: surprised. Um, they can reach me at www dot or bigfishministry at gmail.com.
0: All right. Well, until uh, next time. This is Luis Cavedo and Matthew Walker, and we're wolf sheep.